Hello. I can hear you. You can hear me. Yay! Yes! (laughs) Yeah! (laughs) Finally! All right. Hopefully in the future this will be... Yeah. (laughs) Oh, Sassy still isn't here. Yeah. Cleo, send me... Wait, are we recording? Yes. There she is. Yay! Hello, guys. Hey. Hello. Aloha Morons. Aloha Morons. Aloha Morons. Podcast number two, y'all. Yeah. (laughs) Well, before we... We already already know who Cleo, Renee, and Yolanda is. How about the rest of y'all introduce yourselves? Whoever wants to go first. Uh, I won't. I am Evan. Hello. Aloha. <laughs> is that all I gotta say? Like, yeah. <laughs> well, you can say your house too. Okay, I'm um, one of the Slytherins in the group. As it's not obvious from his yeah. picture, I mean, they don't see his picture, but you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, once they get to know us, I'm pretty sure it'll be pretty clear who is who. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I'm gonna but stand out pretty easily, considering <laughs> you're like one of the only guys. Well, the yeah, the, the only, only guy, guy right really. now. Yeah. Well, I'm Sassy. I'm also a Slytherin. Woo! So we got two Slytherins today. And I'm Maddie. I'm a Ravenclaw. Ravenclaw! That's it. <laughs> Woo! Woo! <laughs> I'm we got a bunch of those. Yeah. <laughs> we still have, like, we have Cleo. She can be, like, her double agent or something. Yeah. yeah exactly. Well, yeah, wasn't she, like, half Slytherin, too? Yeah. Yes. So... I'm- yeah, uh, I'm kind. I'll let you join in the crew. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are always welcome in my house. Hufflepuff for the win. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so since day one. Right. So today's topic is talking about our favorite characters and least favorite characters from, of course. Mm-hmm. And um, so oh great! I first? thought you were gonna say Lord of the Rings. <laughs> <laughs> we could go there, but we're derailing immediately. We're no longer a Harry Potter. Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Let's, go to the rings now. Let's do it. We gotta right. do what we gotta do, team. Yeah, <laughs> we gotta stay relevant, y'all. <laughs> um, um, how about you go first, Renee? I know you're right, leading I this. I go first. So. I'll, go, I'll start with my least favorite character. Mm-hmm. So my least favorite character from Harry Potter is... How about someone goes who knows? Because I don't have okay. <laughs> something right now. I'll go first then. Um, for my least favorite is Umbridge. But who doesn't Kate like Umbridge, her? Right. Yeah. And then for my favorite is... Um, why can I think of his name? Serious. <laughs> mm, <laughs> I'm, yeah. like, I'm like, seriously? I can't remember the name. Oh, yeah, I said it. Um, but, yeah, so Serious Black is my favorite character. And why is because he's fucking awesome. Oops, I curse. Sorry. He's awesome. Are we not allowed to curse? <laughs> I no, don't know. I don't think it matters. <laughs> oh, I'm like, oh, no. So much. <laughs> we're not allowed to. I'm fucking screwed, guys. <laughs> right? I was like, me and Evan Same. automatically can no longer be a part of the Evan and Sessie have left the Discord. <laughs> left the chat. I'm going to eat a donut, y'all. <laughs> but yeah, uh, he's my favorite. And because he's a badass. And um, he's, so, he's so sweet, but very, um, what's it called? Fake. No, yeah. he is though. He is. He though. is though. He's very wait clumsy, like very uh, hard-headed. You well, get me? Sirius really only plays to his strengths, so exactly. He only talks to people he knows he's gonna like, and anyone else is an automatic enemy. I mean, as far as his character arc, that's how pretty much it goes. Yeah, it but really is. Like, it's excitement though. Like, gag when. It's like I can't stand Sirius. He's one of my least favorite characters. I mean, don't get me wrong. <laughs> If if you look like on like you know all the fan made fan fiction and stuff, Sirius is an amazing character because they've given him so much depth. Yeah, but just because he's the one that died, that's why. Right, but the way that so much credit. Yeah, because they can they can make him however he they want him to. But like the way Rowling wrote him originally is it's he's he's bland. He's not that. 
He's not I'm, very exciting. He's he's a cliche jokester who takes things too far a lot and never really gets the consequences. And once he hits his dark side, he, everyone's suddenly like, oh no, Sirius Black has like, he deserves better and like everything. But it's like, no, he does he though? Like, mm-hmm. he also he didn't really get though? like a lot of space because I feel like he, you only really meet him at the end of Prisoner of Azkaban. He's sure. kind of in the background of Goblet of Fire. He's and background then, noise. Yeah, and then he dies in Order of the Phoenix, and he's not. I mean, he's kind of there. That's where you really get to see him, but he's I mean, still only there for black scenes. He was specifically. I feel like he was specifically made for Harry to have someone to connect to that can tell him about his parents on a deeper level than everyone else. Exactly. Yeah. He came Cause... in when Harry was gaining stability and left as he was losing it. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then also realistically, like, if Rowling really wanted to have someone really, like, who was a great role model or who could have been a great mo- role model for Harry and, like, have a connection to his parents, why the hell didn't she use Lupin? Because Lupin would have been the right Lupin. person. Lupin's my other favorite one. Lupin and Tonks. Oh, great Tonks. couple, man. Let's say the other thing about, like, the way that Sirius is characterized within the fandom is I feel like a lot of the, the fandom He's characterization glorified. around Sirius is all about, like, shipping him with Lupin. So <laughs> yeah. people yeah. build up his character to match Fan and Lupin rather mm-hmm. than uh, developing him on his own based on mm-hmm. what's in the text. Exactly. That's true. Nice. Either way, I love him. <laughs> I also like Sirius. I actually really do like Sirius as a character. There's like yeah. one line, I think, in one of the later books where Harry's like, he was thinking about um, Sirius who had just gotten out of prison and then was trapped again in his house and mm-hmm. in Grimald Place. And he, he said something like, he was trapped there as a child and then now he's trapped there again as an adult. And I thought that was... That was a little profound. I don't know. That's stuck. Yeah, with that's me. ironic. That's very kind of like back in the future. <laughs> I don't know if you guys have been in Universal Studios, but um, I mean, not Universal Studios. Um, <laughs> I was like, we all yeah, worked as a group. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Wait a minute. I was right. So you know how in the um, Back in the Future before the whole Simpsons came out, it was yeah. Back in the Future I didn't ride. Go there, but I know. So there's I didn't even know that was a ride. What? Yeah. yeah. Why would they switch that out for Simpsons? It sucks. <laughs> well, because Back to the Future was running its course, man. Yeah. And so is like Waterworld. Look at like how well, many people still love that. Too. No. Yeah. There, Sorry, they, Yolanda. Go there's ahead. like Sorry. rumors of their ending. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Right. Of so, course. um, <laughs> what's it called? Before you go to the ride to be seated, um, you kind of like see a scene where the doctor is like talking and saying, telling you that you're gonna have to save him because he's trapped in his office because they locked in, the bully locked him in his office. And the famous <laughs> line, the famous line he says is, "I'm trapped like a rat in my own office." And then he look at us. That line is my favorite line, and. It just kind of reminds me of uh, Sirius when you were saying about him being trapped. But yeah, I was watching the series on Netflix called Dark. I've told you about it before, probably. I love Dark so much, but it's all about like, it's about time travel. And um, they're kind of touching on like how we're kind of stuck in time loops. But they link that to how the characters are related because they talk about the characters sort of throughout time, like, you start with the, the young people of today, and then you look at their parents and their parents before them, and you get to kind of see how people get stuck in loops and how we copy our parents' behaviors and all that. So I think that's kind of, like, also what Sirius was doing. The same problem he had in childhood, he, like, carries into adulthood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, that's the reason I don't like him as a character, is mm-hmm. because he's a bad influence for Harry. Mm-hmm. He was, while Lupin, on the other hand, was a positive role model, Sirius was the one who, yes, he told him not to do anything reckless, but then is Does Sirius the reckless. type? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Is he the yeah. type to be able to be telling Harry not mm-hmm. to do something reckless? Mm-hmm. And when Harry does, there was no consequence for that. Well, I feel like it, it was sort of like the same thing where, like, I mean... Sirius sort of really told Harry not to do reckless things, but he also gave him the tools to do them. He was sort of mm-hmm. like, don't do it, but if you are, here's what you should do. I think he also reflects Harry in that sense, because Harry was also trapped 
in uh, an abusive household in the same way that Sirius yeah. was. Mm-hmm. And so now that they can finally break out, like when Harry gets to Hogwarts, a big part of his character, especially in the books, is how sassy and snarky he is and how willing he is to break the rules, especially if it's for like a good cause or whatever. But he's kind of, because he's been trapped for so long, he's willing to break the rules, unlike someone like Hermione. And I think that Sirius is the same in that way. So but Harry follows the classic hero arc, right? Which is struggle in life, struggle in youth, you, you finally go someplace where you can sort of grow and you're allowed to break the rules because you're sort of this special someone mm-hmm. and there's no repercussions. But it's also like he does it for a good reason. While Sirius was, you know, struggling in youth and he broke rules because he wanted to break rules. He's and he just wanted lashing to, out. Yeah, he, mm-hmm. w- he wanted to lash out and he wanted to make a name for himself that was different than what his family was. And I totally get his point. But at the same time, like he was doing a lot of reckless things that could have hurt a lot of people. And we see it in the books where he literally almost got Snape killed. So I it's think sort that's of, why like Harry like, has multiple role models and Lupin is one of them. But um, but like compared to Sirius, like Lupin, in, in Harry's eyes, at least, um, Sirius was at a higher pedestal than Lupin ever was, which is ridiculous to me because Lupin should have had a much higher place in Harry's life. Lupin should have been more present in the books in general. I think it would have been nice oh, for if sure. Rowling wrote them both as parental figures. Yeah. So that Harry can have both like the very the strict parent, the the doting parent, the one who tells you exactly you know mm-hmm. what is good and what is not. And then Sirius who's like, hey, well, you know what? Screw him. Just do whatever you want. Yeah. I'll be like, like co-goth parents, you know? <laughs> yeah. I feel like that's why the fandom is really big into shipping oh, Lupin yeah, and Sirius is because they're they're the opposites and mm-hmm. it's it'd be perfect parenting. A, All the time yeah. I see like co-parenting Sirius and Lupin AUs and fan art with baby Harry walking around. For sure. <laughs> and and here's the thing is I feel like fans can really grow Lupin as a parent uh, as a parental figure because I mean after Sirius dies, Lupin has a lot of advice to give to Harry and although Harry doesn't really take it seriously and he doesn't really you know like because Harry's a teenager and I get it you know he's trying to like figure stuff out on his own and like yes he's getting advice but he still sort of feels like the world is against him even if Mm. these people are trying to help him but Lupin actually gives him really good advice and Lupin is actually there for him and you know even though we don't see it in text we see that there was a close relationship between Lupin and Harry especially after Lupin's death when we see that they named Harry um you know Teddy's godfather because like even though it wasn't, like, on text, we see that there must have been a deep relationship there mm. for Lupin to have made that decision and Tonks to have agreed. Exactly. Yeah, and it, that should have been explored more in the books. Yeah. I think, I think a great um, example of this is when Lupin wants to abandon, not necessarily abandon, but leave Tonks while she's pregnant. And um, Harry's like, are you stupid? Yeah. yeah, and Harry just gets so frustrated with this, and I think that's where I see their strongest relationship, mm-hmm. even though it's at a really weak moment of it, I think that proves that Harry looks so much up to Lupin and that he's Lupin's ready to leave his family, and Harry just feels so betrayed by that, even though he would be joining him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a good example of their relationship, which I wish was explored more. Yeah, Lupin for the win, y'all. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if, like, later on, when she realized that Harry kind of had to, like, look up to to a figure and sort of reconcile what they think is best for him with what he thinks is best for himself, I think he kind of, she ended up doing that with Dumbledore after his death. Like, when Harry sort of deconstructs Dumbledore as a person and as a, as a figure to look up to, where I think she could have done that earlier on with Lupin and, and Sirius yeah Mm -hmm. miss opportunities well i mean the the difference between like dumbledore and them is dumbledore was like a main figure of the stories for a much larger time Mm. like Sirius was introduced like end of prisoner of azkaban like really him as a character like Mm -hmm. him speaking Mm -hmm. for himself not just what the media has shown us so far but and then you know, like we said, background noise and Goblet of Fire. And then he was there for a while in prison, uh, Order of the Phoenix. My bad. And and then he dies. You know, and there, we we didn't really get much. And then Lupin, same thing. Like yes, he was there in Prisoner of Azkaban, but he was sort of like this weird old guy who knew stuff, but like also didn't really want to say what he knew. We didn't and, see him after that either. I yeah, feel we, like didn't we didn't see really him. We didn't see him during Goblet of Fire. We barely saw him on Order of Phoenix. We sort of saw him in, like, Half-Blood Prince. But he was really there at that last book. And it's, it's like, those were, like, three main books that we, we didn't really see him 
but like there must have been some development there and we should have been given it because I think like one there of was the problems strong is... development there and that we didn't get to witness yeah, one of these problems with these books is, like, Rowling likes to do so much. I think she has a lot of good starting points and a lot of good ideas, but there are a lot of them that just kind of don't go anywhere because she keeps jumping around and doing other stuff. She keeps it's the same yeah. thing. It's the same thing with um, Fantastic Beasts, yeah. to be honest. Because I watched mm-hmm. both of them, like, recently, and I'm just like, how the hell did that become that? How is he that? How is she that? I'm like, <laughs> there was this a lot going sense. on in those movies. That's it true. It doesn't mm-hmm. make sense. Yeah. I think, think we'll have to dedicate like a whole holes. episode to fucking Crimes of Grindelwald. Yeah. I swear to God. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We Dude, really could. like, I was yeah. so shocked. I'm like, what the hell? Why is this that? Yeah, I feel like, like that's a whole, that's another like, whole, that's a whole other discussion. I mean, yeah. right. those whole, that whole, like, <laughs> That, that whole movie was like plot twist after plot twist after plot twist and everyone was like excuse me ma'am this is too much plot twist yeah. after plot it twist was. with no I want to say no with no real reasoning yeah it was like, literally it, with no explanation these... I was just like what it's more like they're she's just putting pins and then she's like hopefully later I'll get into this you know yeah it's really her <laughs> trying to set up for a next movie it yeah. really wasn't its own and yeah. a lot of it was but... like fan catering like oh look you want to know more about Bellatrix Lestrange's family no mm-hmm. well here it is <laughs> yeah. Yeah. it's like uh well not really well and it was sort of like look, you like Hogwarts. Character... Here's Hogwarts. Look at it. Just look at it. I, I don't know why we're here, but look. Remember I mean... McGonagall? Oh, yes. <laughs> Dude, I was like, what? I remember her too well because she's not supposed to be alive. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I mean, the whole expansion on the families was. I mean, that would have been a brilliant idea if it had tied into like a real plot, but like honestly, like, okay. Oh, what's her name? Lena, right? Lena Lestrange? Yeah. Like, she was never brought up once in the original Harry Potter books. Like, yeah. once. Like, I'm like, why is she here? Literally, I mean, like, we, we know the... I mean, when it comes to, like, the Black slash Lestrange family, because they are, like, related. Like, we know that there was Sirius, Regulus, uh, Narcissa, Bellatrix, and Andromeda, which is Tonks' mom. But then after that, it's sort of just like, okay, they were the parents, and then there was a bunch of other people in that family that we have no idea who they are and then either way wouldn't lena have been like bellatrix's husband's family at that point shut up shut up, <laughs> shut up. No, sorry my dog no shut up it's a cat it's a cat go outside go outside shoot you shoot you so even that animal is pissed off at these people yeah. she saw a cat she saw the neighbor's cat she started growling <laughs> I, I feel dramatic. like we've uh, gotten a bit off topic now. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. I mean, this is usually how... Characters and stuff. Yeah, so what's your favorite character? <laughs> Who wants to say their favorite or least character? I'm ready to go. Go <laughs> ahead. Go, I have opinions. Let's go. So we can discuss them, but like, least favorite character. I fucking hate Dumbledore. <laughs> That's valid. You're valid. That's very valid. We've had plenty of conversations about this, yes. Yeah. And then favorite character, unpopular opinion, even beats my husbando Snape. Oh. Umbridge. What? what? Shut up! No, yeah. I'm not. Get okay, out! No, no, get no, no, out! No, she no, is no, a no. well-done character. You're just no. trying to be like, okay. oh, look at me! I'm an evil Slytherin. And I- <laughs> Shut up! No. Okay, I as the no. only other, she is like, one of full-blooded like, Slytherin in this group. Oh I will have gosh. to say, Evan makes a good point because although Umbridge oh is God. a complete shithead and a bitch of a character, she is the only one who sticks by what she like. Umbridge. There is, like, no way she can surprise you. There is no way she can prove you wrong. Like, she sticks to who she is, and she is not ashamed. See, that's she is what a I like about character, her. But she is ashamed to 100%. Like, she does not give a fuck. I like, think she she's knows very she's evil. And she doesn't well care. She owns it. Character. Okay. I think yes. that's what makes her a great character, is that she's very well written. Yeah, Just especially because Rowling contrast. is all over the place. Like, her consistency is so good. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, okay. yes, there are characters that I absolutely love. Like, Snape is, like, hands down one of the most memorable characters for me. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I will just, I love his character. 
but Umbridge, just the way she was written, I really appreciate um, just her character's design of the um, sweet exterior of the the pink and stuff, even though she looks like a toad and stuff. She just, <laughs> just like, just the way that she tries to present herself. And then the hundreds yet, of cats. Exactly. It's just, yeah. it's not, if you were to look at her without hearing her speak or anything, you might be all like, she seems sweet, sweet but there's something weird about this like mm-hmm. just looking at her and then when you finally get to meet her you're like oh that's what it is it's yeah she's she's wrong she's evil and a different type of evil than Voldemort yeah she makes it personal she makes a she she physically scars our main protagonist she oh I just I just love it I just think <laughs> that's why um, Order of the Phoenix is my favorite book is because it has Umbridge in there. She's such a, a good, well-written villain. Yeah. Okay. It, it's just how, like, in every drama that I watch or every book that I watch, when I hate the character so much, I just look at, like, blank space, and I'm like, damn, this is a good book. Yeah. <laughs> you know? If he's making me riled up then this means that i'm hooked and this character is like really killing it man exactly <laughs> really That's what, I'm, I'm like getting heated just thinking mm-hmm. about it i'm like i fucking hate umbridge <laughs> <laughs> but i'm like damn do i hate umbridge like or yes. do i love her <laughs> you love to hate her <laughs> yeah exactly i love to hate her and so it's like that's why she's one of my most favorite characters in the series yeah okay do i want to have tea with her hell no (laughs) do i want to murder her in the dark room yes (laughs) exactly but she's still amazing umbridge is the enemy you want to beat you know she exactly as a slytherin like if i had any competition in the world that i had to beat i would love to demolish umbridge in oh, the most yeah. fantastic way possible. Like, I would love to ruin her career mm-hmm. and make her, like, so insignificant. Oh, that just makes me so excited. <laughs> and one of my uh, most, fa- like, uh, something that I really like to see is when people, like, try and take um, a villain and look at it through their side and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, I've seen a few videos. I've seen one made about Umbridge. I've seen one made about um, Petunia. Oh, oh. Mm-hmm. I feel like though Petunia wasn't a real villain. I think she was no. just Petunia was lost, mm. and she oh, turned yeah. and she turned that like feeling of like being lost into a, a negative thing. I don't I don't really think she was a villain. I just think, I mean, it's sort of like the whole like two sides to a coin. When you're jealous, you know, you either let the green monster take over or you just get over it and figure out another way around it. And yeah. I think she sort of was like, no, I'm jealous and I'm going to hate my sister for life, even though I really don't hate her. And we see that in the books, like in like those small little moments, you know, that like we don't really understand, but they're there. Um, and it sort of makes Petunia sort of this, she's another sort of complex character that we don't get enough of, that mm-hmm. we should have. Because yeah. like, yes, she hates Harry, but does she really? Because realistically like everyone says it you know even the fans like if petunia really hated harry she didn't have to take him in. she could have left him in an orphanage she didn't know if dumbledore was watching them or not she literally could have just thrown him out in the streets and not given a fuck she did dress him although they were like you know run down clothes and like shitty stuff like she dressed him she fed him like to i mean at the bare essentials like she took care of him and like i'm not saying what she did was right or like it was the right way to go about things but she did keep him in her household and that is something to say for like how, like, didn't Dumbledore threaten? No, no, no. Because the whole thing was like that whole like scene where like, oh, you promised. It wasn't a promise that she made to Dumbledore. It was a promise that she had made to Lily, and that's yeah, and that's it why it hit mm-hmm. her because it, it it reminded her like you know like yes, I hate what magic has done to not only my sister and my family, but fuck, man, like I did promise my sister this. You know, and that's why she kept Harry. It, it, it because like yes, we see the the whole series through that she's bashing on magic and but like that's the thing like she never, she never really said shit about her sister. She hated magic. That was her hate. Like yeah. at, at its core, at, at at her at the core of her hate, it was magic. So anytime she was pissed off, it was because of magic, not because of uh, her sister. She hated what magic had done to her sister. Yeah, she 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 saw the truth. Lily being in the wizarding world is what caused her death. And what caused mm. her to have, like, what caused Petunia to have her, her son. 
which like you know she wouldn't that, that wouldn't have happened like lily would have been alive it's like a whole like whirlwind of like why magic sucks to petunia and it's mm. why she never wanted harry to be a part of it because in her own way she sort of saw like if harry joins he dies too so she was trying to she was technically just protecting him for magic so she wouldn't have the same fate as lily and her and his dad i mean in a sense it could be seen that way and it, but yeah. it, it, but it's just because it's, it's so like there's the idea like petunia is evil but like when you really see it the one the one person really hurting harry and doing like all these drastic things are her is her husband like it's Vernon yeah Dudley. yeah like, and and you know and the little shithead who's his cousin like and it's not aunt. oh my gosh yeah but like mm-hmm. Petunia, Petunia Petunia really just stands in the corner and sort of is just like she's just whatever like a bystander like I'll just let mm-hmm. Vernon do his thing you know and like yes she's evil for letting that those things happen but I'm telling you like in a way in a weird twisted sense like she still took care of Harry I think like her whole life she kind of had to be passive like her her sister was the one who could do magic and she went to Hogwarts and she did all these things and what what can Petunia do but just sit there and comply yeah and so she learned how to be complicit compliant complicit passive person I also think that like Petunia and probably Dumbledore too like when she was writing the first book I don't know if Rowling actually had all this in mind but as she was writing I think she she started like connecting her own dots and using these, like, these, like, the... Petunia's kind of, like, the stock, shallow villain at the beginning. And Dumbledore is, like, the stock, um, regular mentor guy. Yeah. And then she kind of turns it around by the end and goes, well, what are Petunia's motivations for What are Dumbledore's motivations? I think she kind of... I don't want to say she intentionally swapped these two characters' roles, but I think in giving them depth and, and understanding their reasoning by the end of the book... Um, we see them in a different light yeah Yeah. for sure and um, going back to my least favorite character Dumbledore that's the reason why I don't really care for him is because he in the beginning at least he's so two dimensional he's there's really nothing deep about him it's just that he's the good guy follow him with blind faith do what Mm. he says and everything will be all right and this when, doesn't even really change until, like, the end of Half-Blood Prince. Exactly, truth, yeah. Where he dies. Yeah. And we finally, like, see Dumbledore's truth. We see him as like, something that's not yeah. godly. We see him crying weak. Dumbledore was, I mean, I, I love this comparison because it, it just works every time. But, like, Dumbledore is a shitty Gandalf. Because mm-hmm. Gandalf mm-hmm. randomly shows up and, like, saves the day and is, like, we did it but like Gandalf leads people in a way where he's like follow this path and you'll be safe and like Gandalf has never let people down like that way and like but he like still tells them you know like it's dangerous you might die shit's gonna go wrong but like if you do it to the best of your abilities it's it's the more it's the like it's the way to go that'll most likely lead you to stay alive right and and Dumbledore speaks in riddles and Mm. like sort of is just like pushing you to go towards the evil but he doesn't really like state how evil this like how dangerous these things really are he just sort of like leaves hints for harry and is like do this do that but like he doesn't really tell harry especially like especially during chamber of secrets like are you telling me that dumbledore didn't directly give harry clues as to what was going on because i feel like he did and he just blatantly like didn't tell harry what dangers were lurking it's kind of like serious yeah, exactly. And, it, and, mm-hmm. it, and it's the same idea. And then, like, that's the thing. It's like, okay, Fantastic Beast sort of shows the side of Dumbledore, too. And even, like, towards the end when we see how Dumbledore had a sort of connection to Grindelwald, it shows how reckless Dumbledore once was. And those things don't really change. And then if you're in power, they change even less. Yeah. So it sort even of, in... Sorry. like, has that idea. Like, it's like, those, it's like the, the idea, like, the grand old wizard could never be wrong, but realistically, he was just a troublemaker kid who somehow knew everything and was smart enough to fool everyone. Mm-hmm. And Dumbledore yeah. doesn't really get, like, an arc, going back to Gandalf. Like, Gandalf kind of has an arc in the sense that he, like, he shows up, and he's, like, smoking, like, hey, I got this ring, go take it for me, da da and then he, like, um, but he steps up. I only read Lord of the Rings once, so bear with me. He, like, <laughs> steps up and sacrifices himself to defeat the Balrog, and then later he's rewarded by ascending to becoming Gandalf the White, where Dumbledore kind of has the inverse. He keeps falling. Like, yeah. he, he's kind of strong and 
you believe him at first and then like Evan said like one of his last moments is where he's like screaming and crying for Harry to um how can finish yeah. whatever he's drinking my favorite part in the half no definitely hollows is when Dumbledore's brother mm. um what is it Abel? yeah him he literally just tells Harry like why are you still following him if you know he's led you wrong Mm. And it and it speaks to volumes of the influence Dumbledore had because Harry tells him he gave me a job and I will see it through. But it it, it sort of like comes to like like it just it makes you think like why are you following him, Harry? And I and I get mm-hmm. it, you know, like you want to defeat Voldemort and and you want to do it, but like Dumbledore gave him like he was like don't take anyone, don't let anyone know what you're doing, you know. And the way Harry wins in the end is by literally telling everyone in his side like when they meet in the room of requirements and like everyone who's against like the death eaters at Hogwarts and he tells them like hey this is what I'm looking for this is what we need to do like that is the moment that they win when everyone is involved in fighting these last horcruxes mm. and Dumbledore explicitly said not to do that and it, and it sort of like is like okay you can do what Dumbledore said but not exactly to like a T and that is what sort of in the end like when we see that the end like that's what saves Harry is when he finally tells people like okay this is what we need to do this is how we this is how we end uh, I'm Dumbledore sorry. I'm sorry Cece who is that who's making that sorry <laughs> Yeah, uh, <laughs> see, that's a really good point. I've never thought about that, how um, Dumbledore has been saying, don't tell anyone, and then he does, and he wins that way. That's so interesting. Yeah, I mean, and it's, I, I like, sort of, like, that. that's why I sort of, like, also agree with you and, like, why I don't really like Dumbledore is because, like, yes, he gives advice that can potentially help you and save you, but, like, he also gives advice that, like, it's sort of, like, and this is the way Dumbledore lived his life was, like, you do it alone. And, like, traditionally, every hero has his sidekick, right? Mm-hmm. And that is yeah. a big part of, like, the trio, right? Which is, like, Harry is always with Ron and Hermione. So, like, at the end of the day, why would Dumbledore try and convince Harry to do everything alone when, like, the way to win would be with the help of his friends? Yeah. I never thought about that. I mean, you know, I have great ideas, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. Is that Slytherin brain of yours? I know. <laughs> I guess that right, also links back to like mm-hmm. um if I one more thing about Dumbledore. Yeah, go ahead. Like, we were talking earlier about how like um Harry kinda has to decide for himself what how to break the cycle and what he's taught and all that. Petunia didn't break the cycle, but Harry did. For sure. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. All right, we're good. Drop a bomb on us and like, okay, let's move on now. <laughs> Who's Fine. next? No need to discuss. Let's move on. <laughs> we we have many more episodes to go. Yeah, we can talk true. about family dynamics and breaking the cycle and all the other shit. My mom won't stop talking about. <laughs> <laughs> true, true. Cleo, how I about mean, yours? Yeah. Oh, um. Well, I originally had different things written down, but the more I've been thinking about it, the more I really have been loving book Ginny. Movie, oh, movie I love Ginny. Book Ginny. Not so much, but Book Ginny is fucking badass. Yeah, like, she she's is. so underrated. She breaks the walls that are behind the walls. <laughs> and that is what makes her amazing. No, realistically, like everyone believes that, you know, the Weasleys are these rundown, poor family who, like, is gonna, like, lead to nothing. And I mean, not just Ginny, like, the whole family sort of shows, like, hey, we're better than what you make us to be. Like, Arthur. Yeah. Like, everyone knows Arthur has the potential to be this great ministry worker, but he chooses the job that he has because he has a passion for it. And that's what I I admire about him. Mm -hmm. Um, Charlie, Charlie followed his passion. And yes, it's a dangerous job, but damn, that, like, someone's got to do it, you know? I love And Bill, same with Bill. (laughs) Like, they're just risky people who aren't afraid to, like, break the rules. Or follow their dreams. Yeah, I mean, Percy, Percy was a little derailed. But he he did the same thing, you know, like he was sort of the outlier in the family. And that is the biggest Weasley thing to do is to not conform to the Weasleys. <laughs> you know, yeah. like their whole thing was not conforming. And like the biggest thing Percy could do to be a Weasley was to not conform to his own family, which I thought was so funny. Uh, George and Fred, they alone are like amazing. Ron, Ron, I feel like if he believed in himself more, he could totally kick ass. Yeah, and we see that like towards the end of the series where he does begin to kick ass because he feels like I am the shit. But Ginny overall has never once doubted herself, 
I mean, after, you know, the whole Chamber of Secrets thing. But <laughs> she never doubted herself, and she always believed that she could be great. Mm-hmm. And she was. And, yeah, I agree with you. We we were robbed of that in the yeah. movies. Ron yeah. was also um, good in books, not not in the movies. Like, in, yeah. in the movie, they made him more... They made him dumber. A bag, yeah, like a back character. And then in the books, he was more active, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. He often came up with good ideas that in the movie they made Hermione come up with instead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Ron was just kind of like the goofy idiot friend in yeah. the movies. But in the book, he was actually, he was clever sometimes and he could be very brave. But they made him like the like little pussy dork, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I feel like Ron in the books he i mean even in the movies we don't see it as much in the movies but like essentially in the books he was a great part to the story arc because Mm -hmm. hermione was raised by muggles so she was new to magic and Mm -hmm. she she relied a lot on logic which is what helped him out a lot um and harry harry sort of just followed hermione because he was like dude she's smart Mm -hmm. like how is she wrong but ron was the one who constantly reminded them like you motherfuckers have magic yeah. Something. Oh yeah. You know, he's, like they constantly the one that that one scene. They constantly forgot the simple solutions, like with magic, because they were so, mm-hmm. like, they were so focused on like figuring out the human way and like overthinking everything that like Ron always had to be like, "You bitches have magic." <laughs> yeah. Use yeah. There it. was this one scene where like I don't know, it was in the books. I forgot it was which book, but it was like, "Are you not a witch?" She's like, "Oh yeah," and she needed to make fire. She's like, yeah. "Oh, I need flint and this." Like, yeah. the- You're a witch. You have a wand. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was for the Sorcerer's Stone when they were um, fighting yeah. the dragons. No, Devil Snare. Devil Snare. Yeah. 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 I remember that. That was funny. Yeah. That was funny. I was like, Oof. yeah, tell her. Right. Um, I would be that person that I forget that I have a wand. <laughs> and I'm like, I need wood, guys. You guys, you, you're dumb. <laughs> Anyone have a wand? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I was going to say about Ginny that she not only was super confident in herself, and, like, I love that she was confident and not at all arrogant, but also she would always stand up for other people. She always stood up for Neville and Luna, mm-hmm. and I just, oh, that, oh, God, she's so cool, <laughs> like, in every way. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't, um, I may be wrong about this, but is Ginny, Luna, and Neville the silver trio? Yeah, they, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And I, I really feel like... Fitting name. Yeah, I really feel like Ginny is, like, the head of that. Like, how Harry could be, is the head of the Golden Tree. I really yeah. feel like Ginny is the one who head. holds them two together with mm-hmm. everything. Yeah. Exactly. Because she is just so confident in herself and um, being able to be, like, a natural leader with that. Mm-hmm. So, definitely a good character. But I feel like the act, like, the actor and actresses who play these characters it's not their fault i think it's the writing oh on yeah. The movie. The yeah. For sure. yeah yeah everyone was cast very well but mm-hmm. yeah the writing the screenwriting was just not great i mean even luna in the movies i feel like she was robbed of a great thing because like in the book she's less ditzy she's mm-hmm. more she comes up with more ideas than like we see in the in the movies she goes I mean, into ravenclaw tower you do have to cut things out of the movie because you can't fit everything in there. And if oh, you're going to yeah. build up any character, you're going to have to build up the main ones and everyone else just kind of gets... Because yeah. it doesn't really matter yeah. in the end. True. Yeah. I mean, that's why, I think we- that's why we mainly always focus on the books instead of the movies because we know the movies are completely flawed. Yeah. yeah. And that's why it's always great to read the um, book first before watching the movie, too. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. True. Claire, who was that. your least one? Yeah, I'm excited to hear who your least favorite character is. Oh, I know. Yeah. You know, that's actually really tough. I have, like, a couple of people that I don't like. <laughs> uh, Rita Skeeter annoys the fuck out of me. <laughs> oh, yeah. yes. She's just yeah. so petty. I actually Oof. love her. <laughs> um, <laughs> of course, me, Slytherin, saying that. Um, I mean, and Moaning Myrtle is just annoying. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I think we can all collectively agree that Moaning Myrtle is a piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> Peter Pettigrew is a little bitch. And Cho's friend, Marietta, I think was her name. The oh, yeah, oh yeah. don't even get me started oh. on Cho. I hate Cho. Oh, I don't like <laughs> Cho that much. Marietta was a cunt, though. <laughs> I know. It's just like. Okay, that's one of my least favorite characters, Cho. Just because during the time after Cedric died, 
she immediately goes to Harry. I'm just like, your boyfriend yeah. just died. You done, you're done moaning over Cedric, but when they went on a date on Valentine's Day, all she wanted to talk about was Cedric. Cedric. Yeah. It's like, that's like the worst topic to talk about, and then you're crying, and like, well, I, think I get part it, part of young. it was like her healing. Like, I thought that she, like, she kissed Harry. They were talking about Cedric and how she wasn't over it and she didn't know how to deal with it. And then she kissed him and she's like, okay. But she's clearly not ready to move on because she's Mm. 15 and her boyfriend (laughs) was murdered. Yeah. (laughs) Here's the thing. I think Cho could have been a decent character if it wasn't for the Harry love arc. Because I, I yeah. realistically, I think Cho was only put in as Harry's love interest because Ro- Rowling wasn't ready to choose who Harry was going to be with. Yeah. Because she yeah. says that herself. Like, she wasn't sure if he, he was going to end up with Ginny or Hermione. Yeah. So it was sort of like, if we add someone completely different, at that point, it's sort of, you know, at the grand finale, like, yes, he's going to end up with whoever he's going to end up with. Mm-hmm. But, like, for the meantime, he does have a love interest, which is completely pointless because, I mean... I get it, you know, he's a teenage boy, he's growing, he's gonna yeah. have crushes and whatever. But like Cho was completely unnecessary. And yeah, I feel like I feel like if Rowling really wanted to give Harry, you know, a love interest before Ginny, he she should have like chosen someone else. Cause she she sort of took away from who Cho could have been, which is which is that girl, you know, that girl who, who lost her boyfriend due to the war. And that would have had a bigger impact mm. than the girl who lost her boyfriend and then went off to Harry. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Show would have been a really good opportunity to show because, like, everyone else who we see has like a main stake in it. Like Neville's parents and and everyone else, like all of Harry's mentors, had like a real. They were all um, a part of the original Order of Phoenix. You know, they yeah. all fought in the first war. Or every other character. They had like a really cool backstory. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Where Cho was interesting in that she was she herself was not involved, but she had like the collateral damage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. None of her family was involved in this war. She wasn't involved, and yet she still suffered for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, true. Which is, like, a big part of, like, what we don't see. It's, like, every, like, a lot of the war is sort of, like, it just affects these people, but, like, not really, you know? Like, it really affects everyone else, and we really don't see that until the Deathly Hollows when, you know, we're hearing, like, these news reports that Ron's listening to while they're traveling, that, like, all these people are dead, and, like, we don't know who they are because we didn't know that there was a bigger part of the wizarding world other than these main characters. Mm. Like, not really. Like, we knew they were there, but we, we don't really focus on them until this point. So All the characters to... we saw were actively involved or absolutely not involved at all. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. Cho was a nice little bridge. You know, yeah. it'll be so, great. Yeah, Cho would have been a bridge Sorry. to bring that through. Mm-hmm. No, you're good. It would have been great if it was Cho, like a uh, girl crush where, like, he wouldn't do anything about it. It would be like more realistic where like you had a crush on a girl and but you're too shy to even like go up to her and then you forget about it and you have a crush on someone else. You know? But here's here's also like the weird thing is like Harry has always he I, I think at one point like even around that time that Cho was around, like what was it like after Saturday Order of the Phoenix? Like you could see his connection to Ginny at that point. So Rowling had the perfect opportunity to just be like, all right, I'm going to be a good friend to Joe as Harry, you know, and, like, just focus on Ginny. So it sort of, like, also, like, stops, like, it just sort of, like, makes the whole, like, Cho loving Harry unnecessary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Same thing with, like, Lavender and Ron. <laughs> oh, so yeah. Funny. <laughs> I hate that bitch too. <laughs> she had no, she had no real personality until she got bit by a werewolf. I think she <laughs> until only... she died. <laughs> I feel oh, like lavender sorry, was just there because we're like, ah, shit. Harry has someone to make out with. Maybe Ron needs to. What's Ron doing? Let's give him something to do. Let's uh-huh. just give him her, and and they can do whatever. <laughs> I feel like Lavender was also like an unnecessary love interest like that Rowling was like I mean they're all gonna like I feel like she knew like at the end like everyone was sort of gonna end up with everyone like from the main crew yeah so it was sort of just like well you know Hermione is gonna make I mean even then like we sort of saw hints of Ron and Hermione happening so it was sort of like well Hermione had Crumb but like Hermione never saw Crumb as a like oh I'm for sure gonna marry him she saw him as someone who enjoyed her company and, like, really wanted to know her. And she mm-hmm. enjoyed that. And I, I respect that. 
you know? And it was sort of like, okay, well, if Hermione's going to make Ron jealous, Ron should have someone to make Hermione jealous. It was sort of like that cliche thing that was, like, unnecessary, though, to the story. Mm. I don't know. I feel like, because even though it didn't directly involve, like, the Voldemort plotline, Harry Potter wasn't all, like, the series wasn't always just about defeating Voldemort. It was the... Bildens Romand, the coming of age story for yeah. Harry. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. just like something they would experience during that age, which yeah. is something most some of us might have experienced, like having a guy you like make you jealous with another girl you might have hated, or vice versa. So, I guess that's why. Yeah, yeah. but it was, think, like, yeah. it was just really cliche, though. It's just like I also what. what? Yeah. <laughs> it's, but, it's also <laughs> one of those things. Like if if I mean realistically, like if. I mean, we knew that Hermione didn't like Lavender, but I feel like it would have had a greater effect if, like, Ron had dated someone, like, that Hermione really knew. Because at that yeah. point, like, it would have hit harder, you know? Like, well, maybe, it, it, it weren't they Ron in the same hard. year? Yeah. I mean, yeah, but, like, we realistically, we know Hermione spent, like, all of her free time with Ron and Harry. Yeah, that's Like, fair. we know that. So, like, does she really know Lavender other than the fact that, like, during, like, when they're getting ready for bed, Lavender was just gossiping about shit with like Padma or who, whatever the Patel sisters were in the in the dorm room with them. Like realistically, Hermione doesn't know shit about um, Lavender. Like not really, other than like she's in her year, you know. Like she likes to gossip. Like she doesn't know much about her realistically. So I feel like I mean, it, Hermione being with Crumb really hit Ron because like one, that's someone who Ron admires. You know, and he yeah. knows he's oh, a great yeah. person. He knows he's a great wizard. Like, there's nothing wrong he can say about Crumb. And which is why, like, his only defense why Hermione shouldn't be with Crumb is, like, because he's the enemy during, like, the, the, the Triwizard Tournament. Like, he, he has no other defense because he can't give another defense. Mm-hmm. You know, he's mm-hmm. a great wizard. He's a great flyer. He's, he's already, like, so accomplished. Like, what can mm-hmm. Ron really say about him? And which is, like, the difference between, like, Crumb and Lavender sort of in that situation. Yeah. That's a good point, definitely. But I don't know. I kind of like, I personally like the uh, random love tangents that they had in the series. Mm-hmm. No, I, I love them too. I thought they were funny. I just also think they're a little bit pointless. <laughs> yeah, but I think Crumb for sure. And he was a Hermione's good one. was the he most was realistic one. Yeah. one out of yeah. all of them. Yeah. And, and I also love, like, it, it also comes to, like, prove to my point that, like, Hermione and Crumb were actual friends. Like, it wasn't just to get Ron jealous while, like, Ron really only went with Lavender because he was like, well, if Hermione has someone. Like, when, like, at Bill and Sora's wedding, when, like, Crumb is, like, genuinely happy to see Hermione and, like, yeah. wants to catch up. And it sort of brings the idea, like, they were really friends. You know, they really, like, had a connection. It wasn't just, I'm trying to make Ron jealous. Didn't she go and stay at his house over summer? Or yeah. they wanted to, at least? Well, they, or... they yeah. wrote to each other a lot, too. Like, yeah. they, they were, I mean... In that in that moment when we see Crumb and Hermione sort of reunite, it, it sort of seems like they never lost touch. Like, mm-hmm. they were continuously friends, you know? So it, it solidifies that idea, like, they were really friends. Yeah. And another thing, Ron never really saw Hermione as a girl. <laughs> yeah, like, that's true. They never, they, she, never, <laughs> she never saw her as, like, someone who was pretty enough to be dated or just to be liked. So once an actual really nice guy who was really successful started taking interest into Hermione that's when you realize like oh Hermione is a girl she is pretty and all this other stuff but that's also true like it just brings it to the point like Ron is completely oblivious yeah Ron and Hermione's relationship is (laughs) a roller coaster it's honestly I really did not care I don't think they would make a have a happy relationship and Rowling even went on record and she said that their type of relationships, the kind that will need years of therapy, but they care for each other. <laughs> no way. I, no, I feel like I feel like Ron yeah, and Hermione are the type of relationship where you know, like you grow up with your best friend, and you sort of you, like it's just sort of you settle, you know. I feel like, like she was like, like who out? Hermione has to either fuck Ron or Harry because she <laughs> is the girl, yeah. and she was like, well, it's too obvious if it's Harry. So it might as well be Ron. So God knows they will need therapy. I do wish that, like, all this love shit was tied a little more to the plot. That's why I'm like, okay, Cho is kind of cool. Because we can see how this does tie into the plot. But all Mm -hmm. this shit with, like, Ron and Hermione and Crumb, I kind of glossed over it. Because I don't feel like it 
it went anywhere. And maybe if they like needed validation as people to find confidence and they find that through their relationship, but Mm -hmm. I don't really think any of that was needed. I get that it's, that it's there because they're in high school, but I don't know. I just kind of glossed over it. No, and I totally agree. I just, I just micromanage on like micro focus on everything because I'm just sort of like how, I mean, I feel like it's, it's the whole, it's the whole idea of a Rowling left out a lot of plot that she could have put in. Mm. You know, I like, think so it didn't occur anyway. to her at the she, time. She, she just sort of, like, she sort of wrote to write and, like, did the cliches and followed them through to a T, but it sort of is, like, but they don't really connect well, yeah. you know? Rowling's, yeah, Rowling's writing style, I, whenever I read it or I see it, I think of it like this. It's as wide as an ocean, but as deep as a puddle. Yeah. <laughs> She's yeah. got a lot there, but it's not the There's most not much detailed. Go, yeah. It's not super deep or interesting. So mm-hmm. No, I think she has a lot of good ideas, but they don't come together well. And yeah. at, like later on, something will occur to her and she'll develop it then. Like, you know, several books later. Mm-hmm. But... I mean, I do kind of like how, like, we see her become a better writer throughout the story. I don't know what the fuck happened in the past few years. She just plateaued and started plummeting. (laughs) Took a big swan dive off that cliff. Yeah, she was getting so good, and I don't know what happened. (laughs) All right, anyone else got? uh... I got distracted, guys. Maddie, did you go? Um, I don't know. I didn't really have any... I didn't come in... I mean, I thought about it. Who is playing music? music? Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Me. Sorry. I went. I came into my. I came into my niece's room. I'm just gonna hide it under a pillow. Okay. <laughs> no, it's because my mom was like trying to like rest, and I came into my niece's room to just like okay. be in a room. But like, I'm like, it just, it just playing out of nowhere. And I was like, <laughs> she went back to Twilight. <laughs> hey, I'm like, we I'm get a, it. I'm a people of all fandoms, you know. <laughs> Um, Maddie, I kind of, if if anything, I, I want to do a bit about Luna because I like Luna. Um, Go ahead. One of the things that I find appealing about Luna is that she's very—I don't know—I feel like she's very much like her own person and her own character. One of the problems I have with like um, a lot of people are concerned about making strong female characters and all this shit, but in the process, I feel like they end up stripping them of their individuality and they end up making them these like paragons like Ginny or Hermione who are like super brave and super smart, but maybe don't really have a whole lot of flaws or don't really have a whole lot of uh, moral conflicts. Like mm-hmm. Hermione's always the responsible one. She always knows what to do. She's always for the most part, very secure in herself. I mean, she does have her weak moments, but for the most part, she's just kind of keeping the other two in line and helping them have, uh, well-developed stories and while I don't think Luna has she doesn't really get enough screen time to um, develop her own character arc I do like that she's very she's very independent it's not that she's flawed or good but she's just kind of doing her own thing mm-hmm. she's not there to fill a certain role or to fill a certain trope I think She's just kind of, she, she is a character who is her own person. I feel like I'm describing this poorly. Anyone can jump in at some point. <laughs> I totally get what you're saying. Yeah, she's unique in herself. Like you said, she's not there to fill a role necessarily, but yet when she is there, she can help out. She's yeah. competent. She's not background material. She's very unique in herself. Yeah. I don't feel like her presence is egregious. I don't feel like it's demanded by some sort of trope and i also don't feel like she's a waste of time i think she's she's entertaining and cool and mm-hmm. yeah yeah <laughs> i see that i mean luna i feel like she she like like you said like we don't get much to go on but she she's like a lot like the umbrage too like she stayed true to her character like the mm-hmm. whole way through like there was yeah. like like yeah there was like some things where we were just like what the fuck luna but like <laughs> we could expect, you know, any conversation to just have us be like, what the fuck, Luna? Yeah. Like, there was no surprise there. And we knew, and like, we also sort of knew that she was really smart, but she just was smart in her own way, you yeah. know? Yeah. So it, it like, it... It, it brings that, like, whole idea, like, yes, you're right. Like, a strong female character doesn't have to be, like, that whole badass chick. Yeah. I feel like she's the real spirit of independence in that she's not trying to prove herself. She's just doing whatever. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, Please do and it. A, great ex- a great example, I think, of this is when, um, I may be wrong actually about this, but wasn't she there with Ollivander in the Malfoy's yes. basement? Yes. yes. Yeah. <laughs> Ollivander was like all beat up and shabby and stuff. He was probably tortured and then we can assume so was uh, Luna at some point. But Luna's just like, oh, hey, guys. <laughs> Ollivander's like, oh, I'm dying. And she's all like, how you doing? Funny seeing you here. <laughs> it just shows, like, here? that's how strong of a character she is. Yeah, she we, got kidnapped, she, right? Yeah. yeah. She did. She did get kidnapped. She, she was abducted. She was most likely tortured. Tortured. Death Eaters, uh-huh. And yet she was still able to have her grit. And she was stayed through and she stayed her charming self mm-hmm. but I also, I also think that's what like makes luna such a great character she never stopped giving up like yeah. no, that's like no i don't i worded it weird but like, <laughs> don't never stop giving up. <laughs> yeah I, I, we got you <laughs> like, she, she kept believing that harry and them would like win and like save the day you, you know she never she never she believed had hope that, yeah she never believed that the deputies would win she always yeah. knew that they would win yeah. And I feel like that's what makes her such a strong character because she, since she believed in that so firmly, like anything she went through was like, it's fine, it's a part of the process, but we will win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was secure in a in a non insecure way. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I also sure. love that scene where like Ron, Hermione, and Harry find that painting of all of them in her room. And oh, all the boys yeah. friends. friends. Yeah. I was like, that's such a cute. That was so cute. Yeah. <laughs> I but wish they put that in the movies. Yeah. I also like. Mm-hmm. I also think that they should have delved deeper into Luna's friendship with the like golden trio because we do know like. I mean, honestly, I feel like Harry really respected her, and he mm-hmm. was one of the few ones that did. Because I mean, yeah, like especially when in the half blood prince when he could have taken anyone to slug horsing, he chose Luna. Yeah. Like of all people, like everyone, I got, and I'm My pretty favorite. sure everyone, everyone was like, "What the fuck, Harry? Why? Why her? Like every anyone, Luna." But like, it also sort of makes sense because he was like, he said it, like, "I want to take someone who's cool, someone fun, someone who's a friend," and he took mm-hmm. Luna, and that like, that yeah. like is essentially who she is. Is like, like yeah, she's a little centric and she's a little mm-hmm. out there, but she'll never like, she'll never be boring. You know, mm-hmm. she'll never like not have fun with you and she'll like always be like it's, it's sort of like harry can do his own thing and luna's just like yeah no me and harry had a great time yeah. <laughs> yeah. and she's also super loyal and stuff like yeah. i could never see her doing something to betray her friends oh, like no. if it would put her in harm's way she would be the one to instantly shoot it down and be like no mm-hmm. i mean you, me you, over them yeah i mean you also sort of see that in like when when like as you said evan about her being like tortured and stuff like she sort of took it like a champ and like wasn't like she because she could have given false clues you know she could have been like i sort of know them enough to know where they could be going but she sort Mm -hmm. of just took it and was like yo my friends are my friends yeah you know and she even like told her dad like you should have never done that like you should have never like traded me for harry I think at one point, I don't, I'm not sure if that's just me in my head, but I feel like I feel she, like that's she, something she would say. Though. I know, right? Right? I feel like she would have said something like that. Yeah, that's awesome. Going back to <laughs> when awesome. she, uh, uh, Harry asked her to Slughorn's party. My favorite scene is when Harry asked her, and he just got a transfiguration, so one of his eyebrows is blue. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And Luna's like, oh, I would love to go. Is that why you dyed your eyebrow? Should I dye it too? <laughs> I love that. She's great. She's rolling with it. She's awesome. yeah. with whatever. She does. Dying eyebrows, like, that's what right. makes her awesome. Yeah. <laughs> that's what makes her completely amazing, though. She'll just roll with the punches and be like, it's fine. It's normal. This is not strange at all. <laughs> so what about a least favorite character for you? For me? Uh, oh, I don't know. I think Ryan. we covered everything. Dumbledore and and uh, all that. Serious Cho. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna yeah. Find, I'm, I'm a very least character, character that we have to talk about because he's funny and we don't get enough of. Mm-hmm. Kingsley. Oh, I fucking love Kingsley. Like we don't see enough of him, but those like few short lines that he has are just phenomenal. 
<laughs> like he's I just love him. Right? Yeah, it's just he's the perfect. <laughs> he's literally the perfect double spy, you know, because he's like in the ministry, but like his loyalty is one hundred percent to the cause, mm-hmm. which is like the Order of the Phoenix. So it just makes him so much more fun. And then even like we see that in like that little scene where like they're supposed to like capture Dumbledore, and like Dumbledore sort of kicks all of their asses, and Kingsley's just like man. He's got style, though. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just like, that's who Kingsley is, though. Like, he's, he's, you know, like, I feel like everyone is like, he's this ministry man. He's so serious. And he's, like, top dog, you know. But, like, essentially, he's, like, this guy who's fighting for He would be the right version of who Sirius should have been, <laughs> I feel. Yeah. Because Didn't he become minister? He does. He does. But, like, it's, it's, like, it's that same idea. It's, like, he's who Sirius should have been he's a guy who's not afraid to break rules for the right cause and he knows it's the right cause and he's still funny he still rolls with the punches you know he still does what's best for everyone and he still breaks rules and that's who that's who serious should have been for harry and but that's who king that's who kingsley is in the end and that's what makes him such an amazing character even though we don't see enough of him is Mm -hmm. that he he wasn't afraid to you know be a double spy because it meant the security for the like the world yeah mm. hey i gotta go sorry guys all right bye 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 oh we Aww. lose one yeah do we have like an end time we've been going for an hour i don't yeah uh don't we've know. been going for an hour actually yeah. yeah i mean i feel like yeah. we're i mean there's so many of us this time that it's like sort of okay yeah hmm. Because, I mean, last time you guys only had three and you guys did, like, what, like, 45 minutes? Yeah, almost 50 minutes. Yeah, and there's, like, there was, like, what, six of us? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, if we, like, double that, then, I mean, I don't think we'll get there, but <laughs> just How long are these speaking. things normally? I have no idea. I feel like the podcasts podcast. are an hour for, like, safety, yeah. but we can go for yeah. however long. I've I've heard, like, I think one, I've heard, like, that's, like, an hour and a half. Which is mm-hmm. fine too. Yeah, I mean, however. Well, long it's you up guys to want. you guys. Well, well I really do we have gotta... any other. Uh huh. Do we have more characters that we wish to discuss? Yeah, is there like, anyone else? Because we can just. I end feel like we've hit the really this. big yeah. ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we. I think we hit the big ones already. Um, and we talked about a lot today too. Like we. I guess I have one more. We don't have to go into it because it might even be another can of worms. But I am surprised we didn't talk about Draco yet. Draco. <laughs> I, I, no. That's a whole nother episode. Yeah, yeah. Okay. that's another episode right. because I could speak Just about Draco. Just the episode called Draco. Yeah, we need, no, but when we talk about Draco, I feel like we need Danielle here. Oh, okay. Oh. Well, she's, oh. she's in Utah she right make, now. Yeah, but like she would make things so much more interesting. Oh, we should have had Danielle here for the serious discussion, but maybe we can revisit that. Oh yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, no, we can talk about like, like families, like in it, like we can do like a per family episode too. Mm. Like that would be like we could yeah. do Malfoys, Blacks, Potters, and like just dive into who they are as characters and peoples, and even bring in like you know fan fandom ideas that like they talk and like we wish would have seen we could have seen in the books, but like fans have done a great job in expanding a lot of these characters and. You know, they deserve some You'd be surprised too. on the fanfics I have read about Draco. <laughs> they are great. <laughs> my are Immortals. Great. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, we need an Immortal episode. We, have you guys, we really oh do need an episode just guys, for My Immortal. I have. Like, I have. Fanfiction has made me love Draco. And I, like, used to, like, just be like, this little shithead. But now I'm like, I love this little shithead. <laughs> <laughs> and it's annoying. That's funny. I don't know how I feel about him. I need to like, we'll I need revisit. a soul searching we'll, moment. We'll, we'll, yeah, to I feel figure like that out. We can, to, like, we can come back meditate to meditate on that. So. I feel like yeah. there's a lot of more if, characters no, that we could have talked about too. Mm-hmm. And we just didn't get to. If we are gonna come back to Draco and you guys are gonna talk about fan fiction, mm-hmm. please send me <laughs> the, the best fan fiction from about Drake. I got, well, I got you. I got you. I got you. Actually, send something to me too, because I feel like I have not gone anywhere. Wattpad has some great Draco fanfiction. Harry Potter fanfiction. They I do. Wattpad mm. has. Have you read Lily Potter? No, not yeah, yet. It's such a good it. fucking fanfiction. And let me tell you, like the whole. I mean, I kid you not. Like the whole story arc there is amazing. And link like, us. Like, link yeah, them all. I will, I yeah, will, I will link it in. in in our group in chat. the Instagram Sorry, too. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we can, do here. we have descriptions for these things? Can I, we like leave I links mean, and stuff to what we're talking about? I feel like we should at one point. I mean, uh, we'll, I'll do try it, to. we'll do it yeah. in that episode, I guess, when we talk about it. And this is why I was so good. Yeah. This is why I was asking also about um, to see if the app could also download it in other um, platforms that you could put comments and um, descriptions it doesn't it's on spotify spotify, spotify does it. yeah yeah you can edit the spotify one to add like titles to them so like i guess this one we could just be like our favorites and like our least favorites i guess mm. yeah i don't know we can yeah. come up with something more creative we're just um i'm dead <laughs> how about we do so, this because i know we were talking about having a twitter we can make like a twitter thread y'all yeah, motherfuckers i could run our twitter i am always on twitter i am on twitter 24/7. i too am also on twitter so... yes maddie let's let's run this twitter. you two can do it <laughs> yeah okay i'm so down so to there you go twitter. yay we're gonna have we a can... twitter guys <laughs> i mean we have an email so we can just like link it to our, our email and whatever and like that and way yeah, yeah we can, can just use that see okay, what's going so, up on our twitter so this is the beginning of the uh of the second episode of this podcast. So, well, the end, the f- right? yeah. So, in the future, <laughs> we are going to have more and better, um, what's it called? I'm, Structure. I'm, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. So, sorry about the background noises you heard. <laughs> yes. And we're still trying to figure out. About I'm sorry that. for the Twilight song. <laughs> <laughs> or the water. Now I know not to walk around. <laughs> Um, what's it called? And yeah, thank you for listening and let's exit guys. All right. Bye guys. Bye y'all. Aloha morons. Aloha morons. Aloha morons. (laughs) Bye. Bye.